Would you bow your heads in prayer? Lord, it is so good to be here. We thank you for our children sharing the message of your son's birth. Share that message again with us now. And give us hearts and ears attentive to your word. In your name we pray. Amen. There are moments when words don't cut it. When words aren't enough. The day that my father died and my sisters flew in and showed up at the house in Texarkana, there were no words. There were only hugs and tears. And it's not just The hard moments either, is it? Sometimes it's those moments of victory. You know, when a team wins a championship, there are often no words. There are just grown men hugging and slapping one another in the middle of a field. When you're a tired, cranky child, The wives are thinking I was going to talk about their husbands. There are no words that calm you down. Maybe to have your mother or your grandmother gently rub your back while you fall asleep. Or that time before bedtime when you sit on your dad's lap. And he reads to you. Sometimes the best part of being with someone you love is holding hands on a walk. That's maybe our favorite picture of Linda's mom and dad. It's the way we remember them is them holding each other's hands. Or cuddling in front of a fireplace, quietly, at night. Sometimes, quite often, when somebody is hurting and in the hospital, and you go over to pray with them, they'll open their hand and want you to hold it while you pray. God created the human body to speak this language, to touch, and to be touched. It's one of the things that makes this pandemic hard, isn't it? We don't shake hands. We don't greet each other with a hug. I see some of you on Sunday morning walking around like this, tightly holding your hands 
because you want to hug. When was the last time you were hugged by someone not in your family? I bet it stands out in your memory because there's no one touching each other. Because right now we're told and it is dangerous to spread germs. We must stay six feet apart or do damage to one another. But I have to tell you, I wonder what unspoken damage is being done in our culture, in our society, by not touching. Especially for those for whom this is their primary way of expressing and receiving love. I mean, think about it. What's the first thing you want to do when you see a new baby? You want to pick it up and hold it. And yet right now, every one of us knows that when a baby is brought into church for the first time for baptism, we don't even ask. Father, I just ask that you help us to resume our message and um, that you bless that message. You were talking about the fact that there's damage being done by not being able to touch, but I'll tell you that the, the worst damage is the damage done by the abuse of touch. We've all heard the stories about children abused by their priests. And we know the damage that's been done there. Spouse who's been cheated on can tell you about the, the damage done in the marriage. Talk to someone who is the victim of physical abuse, and you'll often find a wife who believes somehow that she deserves it, that it's her fault, and who sticks with it in, fight, in spite of, of what's happening. And often the damage done is much longer lasting than anything physical or, or the marriage itself. Talk to somebody who's been raped, and you'll hear how their whole being and person and soul has been violated. I think of a grown man that i known who was in tears because not only did dad never hug him, dad never put his arm around him, never patted him on the back, never even wrestled with him. You know the story of Corey Tenboom when that soldier from the concentration camp came up to her after the war and she talks about when he reached out her hand, she was loath to touch him because of the abuse that took place inside the camp. The misuse of touch reflects the great damage that sin does to our relationships. And it does, doesn't it? Couples get angry they not only stop talking, they separate physically and go into different rooms. 
friends see each other. And because of anger, they don't hug. They go in separate directions. They avoid each other. We, we hide behind masks, not cloth masks, but lies and excuses and blame. Because we're afraid that if somebody knows the truth, if we admit the truth, if we confess our wrongs, they won't want anything to do with us. And no greater place does that take place than in our relationship with God. What did Adam and Eve do when they heard God walking in the garden after they fell in their sin? They hid from him behind a mask of shame by blaming one another. That's what happens because of sin. We're afraid. To be abandoned, afraid, will be rejected, afraid. What would anyone, what would God want to do with us? After all, that's what we deserve, isn't it? That's why the deepest longing of our hearts is for God to reach out and to touch us. We need to know that he hasn't abandoned us. That he's still with us. Christmas. Christmas is the good news that God knows that need. I want you to listen to the words, this wonderful verse that Kyle read from 1 John chapter 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. Life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. No matter how it may seem, the God of the universe is not far away. He came in to this world. He became one of us. He was born of a virgin. He was born in Bethlehem. He was Wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger, the Word became flesh. Jesus is God with skin on. Jesus is a God, the God, whom we can touch. He is the God who touches us. Have you ever stopped to pay attention to how much physical touch was essential to the ministry of Jesus. 
I want to talk about a group that had to live socially distanced, talk about lepers in Bible times. They had to cry out that they were lepers so people could make a wide berth around them so nobody would come near to them. Nobody dare touch them. But one day, 10 lepers came to Jesus, and you know what he did? He didn't go to the other side of the street. He didn't back away, and he didn't just heal them. He walked up, and he touched them, the Bible says. Remember the blind man? Jesus made some mud. Touched his eye. And gave him his sight. Right? People were bringing their babies to Jesus. Why? The Bible says to have him touch them. And bless them. And so he took the children up in his arms, suffer the little children to come unto me, and do not hinder them, for of such is the kingdom of God. And remember when Jairus brought Jesus to his little girl who had died? Do you remember what he did? He took hold of her hand. Little girl, I say to you, arise. And life filled her. Desiring to touch our lives, Jesus removes everything that stands in the way. He takes away the, the mask of shame, and guilt, and fear. That's why he came. That's why he died on that cross. He took upon himself the abusive touch of the soldiers, the, the spitting and the slapping, the, the crown of thorns and the whipping, the nailing of his hands to the cross. There he suffered the abandonment we deserve. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus paid the price, endured it all suffered hell itself and overcame, died, and was raised to life again. And because of Jesus, God is now able to reach down into our lives to touch you and me. You understand what God gives us in the sacraments. He gives us physical touch. Water with his word is splashed on our heads and he embraces us, adopts us, you understand what's going to happen in a few moments here? In, wa in wine and bread, God himself is going to put the body and blood of his son to your lips, invite you to taste him and his love. Literally, God is going to reach right down into this place and in the sacrament, touch 
our lives physically. And you understand, folks, that's why he gives us each other in the body of Christ. He has designed the body to be touched and to touch. He invites us together to welcome one another and to greet one another and to rejoice in seeing one another. And if right now we can't shake hands and hugs, fist bumps and elbow bumps are great gifts of touch. Fathers and mothers, grandparents, when you hug your children and your grandchildren, God hugs them through you. Oh, I've told you often about that day at the hospital when my dad died and everybody from the First Lutheran Texarkana showed up. I don't remember anything that they said. But I remember that they gathered in this great, huge hug and held us. And I'll never forget the morning after, standing by the back window of or back door of our house in Texarkana, I thought I was the only one up, tears, alone, until I felt a little hand take hold of mine. I looked down, and it was our little girl. And she didn't say a word. She just held my hand. That's how God uses us to say to one another, I will never abandon you. I will never leave you. I love you. Amen? Amen. Amen.